What is going on? Are are you in a new tech startup now? What? <laughs> You're in a new tech startup? Uh, it has these. I forgot last time I played around with these backgrounds. You can do. <laughs> yeah. But and yeah, you can work. do these backgrounds. Yeah. A couple offices, but when I move, you can like mm-hmm. see the the weird fragmenting. And... Yeah. Is there yeah. like a bunch of porn up behind you or something? Like why? <laughs> no, it's the same uh, boring wall. <laughs> I see. Well, thank Got you it. for considering us. I'll figure it out in a minute. So we don't have to look at your boring shit behind you. <laughs> yep. I'll figure it out in a minute to uh, fix it again. I like that your office looks like nighttime. <laughs> You're the only one working. Yeah, totally. That's why I rake in the big bucks. First one in, last one out. Yep. Yep, and you get to sit on the yellow thing whenever you want. Exactly. <laughs> Here's Office 2. Ooh. There we go. Daytime. They have that one on Teams. I like mm. so I'm in my room, but I can get one called Room. <laughs> <laughs> a slightly different room. A slightly different yeah, I, I have to one. say, it's a better room. It is. I'll leave it on that then. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to RTFB. This is Travis, and if it seems like only yesterday that we are wrapping up our last book, that's because it was literally only yesterday. Well, the day before, but you get the idea. Travis, you might be saying to yourself, I had just prepared for the usual between-seasons gap. I certainly didn't expect to hear from you again this same week, so what gives? And I might say to you in response, first of all, passive-aggressively, that I guess someone didn't listen all the way through Monday's episode. Then I might say, more directly to the point, that it is now October, and so we are now firmly into the quote, spooky month, and RTFB is playing along this year. By now I'm sure you know that RTFB is a book club and movie review podcast, wherein Chris, other Chris, and I read through a book together, then compare and contrast it with its movie adaptation. So we figured what better, more well-known spooky book slash movie combo could we tackle than The Exorcist? So, forgive us the compressed schedule, but the idea is to cover the book in three sections, and then to release the movie review episode on none other than All Hallows' Eve. With that in mind, let's get back to my preliminary discussion with the Chris's already in progress. Completely beside any sort of a point, but we had um, Levi's first new soccer game today also. Oh. He's playing on a rec league now instead of academy, which is, you know, not as serious. Mm -hmm. But just lets them go and play. But uh, that good or bad? It's good for him, but uh, the okay. soccer dads are no less intense. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> kids, guys yelling at the ref. I'm like, dude, it is a rec league. Soccer <laughs> children during right. the whole coronavirus. Like, yep. just be glad they're here and playing. Yep. 
Yeah. That's clearly a goal kick, dude. Yelling at like the <laughs> the twelve year old ref. Also, I'm like, just it's fine. <laughs> it's just fine. <laughs> like, yo, dude, dude, come here, come here. Yeah. Here's another beer. Yeah. Get yeah. the fuck down. Just relax. <laughs> Your kid is terrible. Like he's <laughs> he's not going to advance. It wasn't the ref's fault. He's just bad. <laughs> oh, no. Also, it's soccer. So who cares in the first place? Right. You live in America, um, and this is the soccer. rest. The rest of the world cares, <laughs> but not us. It was funny, though, because, you know, I don't know anybody on this team, but the other team had a kid that Levi used to play with. Mm. And I was like, I didn't recognize him, but I recognized his dad's track suit. <laughs> this guy has one, worn one track jacket the whole time I've known him. Summer, fall, winter. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and spring. He always cold? Year round, he's wearing that one track jacket. Mm. <laughs> I told mm. Danielle about it, and she just started texting me. He's like, "He's not supposed to play on this. He's on this other team, and this other oh. team, and this other." I'm like, "Okay, whoa!" Like, yes, ma'am. Serious business. Yep. Yep. Anyway, so it was good times. Mm-hmm. Also, they won. So, oh hey, yeah, even better. So get ready. He's professional, probably next year. Nice. Yeah. Or at least you know signed on somewhere. Probably. Uh, Bayern Munich or uh Right. <laughs> La Liga probably. Probably. <laughs> I know I did have a guy who was a couple grades ahead of me at school at Chaminade. He went on to do professional soccer. Mm-hmm. And then one of my classmates did I think he did too for a couple years at least, Tim Calico. But Brad Davis was the other guy. He did professional soccer until like yeah. a couple years ago. Hmm. But those are the only ones I have ever known who have yeah. ever done anything with soccer. But yeah, the worst kind of parents, honestly. Yeah. In the kids' sports environment are those kind. Especially in those ages. Right. Yeah, like, come kids, on. The kid will probably just do what you want them to do and not right. question it. But probably a form of child abuse to be like, eight hours a day we're practicing soccer. Seven I would think old. so. <laughs> I, would, I would say so. That's all I'm saying. I'd report him if I were there. <laughs> Like, sorry, I'm reporting you to Child Protective Services for abusing your kid for making them practice eight hours a day. Come on, being the worst. <laughs> yeah, just the worst. Yeah. Also, wear shoes. That kid's dad, I'm like, he's never wearing shoes. What? <laughs> Always Why sandals. Not? That's random. Well, I-, I could be okay with the sandals, but even when he's in the grass playing soccer with them. Well, yeah. Yeah, put some shoes on. Anyway. If you want to wear sandals, wear the fisherman style. They have the closed toe. <laughs> Much better. Rock. Solid advice. Yeah. Solid advice. Oh, anyway, I could go on for an hour and a half about kids' soccer, but I won't. Because we got a new okay. book. We do. Oh, we do. So we do. It's a new book. It's full of an exorcism and stuff. And it's uh, proudly proclaimed on my Blu-ray copy that this is the scariest movie ever. Uh, no, the scariest. I okay. I've, Maybe at the time. I, it was at the time. I beg to differ now. I have never seen this movie. It'll be delightfully gross for you. Have you seen it? Uh, a long time ago. Yeah. Same. Same. A long time ago. Like twenty years ago. Like yeah. late at night type of deal. It is. But yeah. I have seen uh, many a possession movie and whatnot since. To the point where they really. 
they don't scare me as much. They do have like jump scares. We've talked about that before. That'll always mm-hmm. get me. But then it's like, oh, okay, that was enjoyable. <laughs> but mostly, I'm like, come on, get to the story. What's going on? What's the name of the demon? What's the background <laughs> here? Like all this other shit is just fluff. Come on, Pazuzu. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, definitely for back then, it was like the scariest movie that ever been made. Yeah, and it has it still has good practical effects and shit like that. So mm, I'm going to be yeah. excited to watch it again and have better details in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It falls. Oh, and f- into the realm of movies that I've never seen, but everybody knows at least part of it. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's fun unavoidable. Fact for our, our listeners, uh, exorcism that was one of the main inspirations. Of the story happened in St. Louis in the forties. Oh, you are jumping ahead. So, <laughs> I always throw that out there. <laughs> it is weird how many of these horror books have St. Louis connections, but they sure Because of all the Catholics. It's all the Catholics. <laughs> all the Catholics and, and the orders Airport. that were there. Yeah. It's a scary place to live, too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, but they have Ted Drews, so, you know. Yep, yep. worth it. It all evens out. Flying Dutchman yep. or the win. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty good. So since this is the scariest movie ever, uh huh, what what movie did you see that was surprisingly very scary? And conversely, what movie was supposed to be really scary that was surprisingly stupid? It's a two parter, so I'll let you think about mm. it for a minute. Also, I haven't thought about it. I just wrote the question, so I'll think about it. Hmm, quiet. Reflection. I don't know if I have a good candidate for the second one. Okay, that's fine. But I, that's it's kind of related. Uh, back before I got desensitized, one of the scarier ones I saw was the first con- The Conjuring movie. Mm-hmm. Because it gets in, it's like, I know, of course it's a movie, that part's not real, but, you know, all this shit's like, oh, based on true stories, and there was this couple back in the 70s who went around dealing with supposedly haunted objects. Uh-huh. So it's like, knowing that, going into it, and seeing this stuff happen, puts in the back of your head, well, maybe. Yeah. Like, it's highly <laughs> unlikely, but something happened. Yep. So maybe. Uh, can't, you know. Can't just feel safe completely discounting it. Right. Just not 100%. Right. Right. And I think the one that's. It wasn't disappointing, but the one I saw that was kind of like, oh, that was it? Uh-huh. Was uh, Hereditary. Yeah. Which yeah. came out a few, couple years ago. And it was billed as like the new, like, scariest movie ever made. And it's creepy. Uh-huh. It is creepy for sure, and it's got it's gory too. But again, it's like it has like a jump scare that really gets me, and that was about it. Otherwise, like I went to the movie and I'm like, well, all right, that wasn't the scariest movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I'm like it was actually pretty standard as far as like horror tales go and stuff. It, was, it had some new elements in it, which was cool. Yeah, and whatnot, and it showed shit that uh, I would not have shown if I were making a horror movie, even though it works. Yeah, but. It's gory and, and whatnot and creepy, but that's kind of about it hmm. as far as I say it. It wasn't like the scariest movie ever. Um, oh, another weird one that was weird at first was Paranormal Activity, oh, the first one. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that really helped me come to terms with that was we rented a DVD of it when I was back in Florida, and uh, you could watch alternate endings. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, so that takes you out of the whole... <laughs> Is this real or not? I yeah. don't know. Feeling and they're like, yeah. oh, here's the alternate ending. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, I avoided that one for a long time because most of it takes place in a bed, and that's like the only place scary movies <laughs> really affect me. When I'm yeah, to go to sleep. <laughs> right. It's like it seems like a bad idea, but then I that was watched it mm-hmm. with the riff tracks commentary, and I'm like, okay. Oh yeah, that's what I saw that on your list. I should do that. You should. Ringu, uh, watching Ringu really got to me too back in college mm-hmm. with Susie one time to the point where it was like we couldn't really sleep that night. So <laughs> it was just sufficiently creepy and horror enough to like, like, fuck, I can't go to sleep. Let's yeah. put shit between us and the door. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so yep. Break all the TVs. All the TVs. No, we didn't want to do that, but I it wouldn't but help. Let's put some crap between the door. Just so yeah, with the door anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are some oh, of my ants kind of my answers. All right. That's fair. I am not big on scary movies. Yeah. Not not that I like uh have a problem with them or anything. I just like it's not my thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't really have an example of one where I was going into it expecting something scarier. Mm-hmm. I I would say that that's like most scary movies for me. What? I will say that that uh one experience I have that was like really creepy though is uh actually with with The Ring 2. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I was watching that at Sharon's house like late at night one night. Yep. And uh you know there's a scene where like uh like in the first movie there's the horse that goes crazy on the boat. Yeah. Mhm. And in the second movie, there's a there's a scene where there's like deer going yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, when I when I left her house, there was a family of deer like across the road oh, in no. the lawn at the house across the street. Mm-hmm. Oh no! And like I have never walked to my car so slowly and carefully in my <laughs> life. Like that was uh-huh. like yeah, heart stopping. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Yep. It's fair. It's very fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was, it, it reminds me like there's, there's a, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a New Zealand movie where, uh, there are sheep monsters. Sheep oh, monsters. Okay. Yeah. Like where sheep kind of, <laughs> yep. but like one of the, one of the things about that movie is that there's all of these like menacing scenes of just like sheep uh-huh. running up and down like hills and stuff. Menacingly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, out of context, it's just sheep on a hill. Yeah. Like running around, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. But but within the context of the movie, it's like, oh, these scary sheep. Yeah. Is it black sheep? <laughs> I don't I don't remember. Genetically altered sheep that prey on humans and turn their victims into undead woolly killers? <laughs> I mean, that sounds right. <laughs> sounds so very right. There we yeah. go. But anyway, but yeah, there's there's lots of there's lots of scenes of just like sheep running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be sufficiently creepy, I think. Yep, it works. Yeah, yeah. It sounds to me like the the thing they always do where they show you how important soundtracks are. They're like, here's an alligator walking uh-huh. towards you with scary music. That's kind of scary. But if you yeah, have, like circus music behind you. Like that's dumb. Yakety sax, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, for me, I think I, I have two different answers I think I could give. So the one that first came to mind is actually the same movie. Because when I was a kid and we had, you know, HBO or whatever, 
back uh-huh. in the day where you couldn't just go on demand and do stuff. You just turn uh-huh. something right. on and be whatever. And I caught the end of some some movie that I was like terrified by because mm-hmm. it was like, you know, some kid who came downstairs and his mom was getting eaten by a whole bunch of goblins. Oh, oh nice. yeah. That's creepy and weird and very detailed. <laughs> like that is lodged somewhere in my brain for the rest of my life is terrifying. <laughs> is is that one of the goblins movies? That is uh Troll 2. In fact, oh, that's too. Troll. when I watched it as an adult, Troll I'm like, 2. Oh, that's from this? <laughs> <laughs> I have no purpose. I have no business being this scared all those years ago because this movie is terrible. But is the Troll series the one ones or one of the movies involves like that town called Neilbog or something? Neilbog. Yeah, yep. that's Troll 2. Yep, that's that's two? the one. Okay, I don't know if that was two or yeah, three. There's no trolls in Troll 2. Just, no, just it was goblins, just goblins in Neilbog. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I and it's also too. great with riff, riff tracks, in fact. But you know, oh, <laughs> so the the other thing I thought uh, would be movie that was surprisingly scary would be The Grudge Two, because mm. I watched the mm-hmm. first Grudge at Mike's house, and I was like, "This is pretty stupid." Yeah. So when uh, Danielle and I first moved in together, the first time she went back to St. Louis, and I had the apartment all to myself, I was like, "I will go see The Grudge 2 on my own <laughs> perfect and yeah i did not sleep much that night either because i'm like she's probably gonna peek in my door <laughs> yep, <laughs> any probably. minute like from the top of the ceiling and yeah not not a good idea like <laughs> right to go see the scary movies the, f- the only night you've been alone in the last like eight years so there you go <laughs> but then uh conversely the scary movie that was surprisingly stupid i thought was the ring too I'm like mm. Mm. Couldn't quite capture the same thing. No, definitely no, not. Not quite as good. It's it's only it's only scary if there's a family of deer hounding you. Right. Yeah. You know, if my TV had gone to all snow right after I watched it, and then you know, oh god, stuff like yeah. that happened, I would have been terrified. <laughs> but mm-hmm. or you know, gentle herbivores, right, <laughs> had appeared, I would have been terrified also. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I felt so confident going into the grudge too. I'm like, it's probably just as stupid, if not more so. But surprise, surprise. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I don't mind telling you that uh, after I suggested this book, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do, th- I want to do this at all because <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the movie's well, pretty, it's too late. pretty scary. No, it's gross. Just gross. It's gross like movie. again for for the time, I think. Yeah, yeah. And you already know, like the I don't think it's. Part. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's anything that anybody would have a problem with anymore. Yeah, no. But for what the seventies, whatever, when it came out, yeah, yeah, like that was something real different, right? So. Well, you know, growing up, I was, it was the kind of thing where like I won't even have that movie in my house. Said one of my friends' parents mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it can't even be in here. It's so evil or whatever. But right, I remember a lot of that too. That having that reputation or whatnot. Yeah. It was like at the same time, people like D and D is from the devil. So, dude, I think about that all the time, oh. and I laugh at that. I'm like, what the fuck? Were... <laughs> and like, do you remember the the was it Satanist like pedophile cults and shit that people thought were all around? <laughs> like, I vaguely remember some of this shit from when we were little. Like at the height, I remember like D and D being a really bad, like bad, bad idea. Yeah, people would say, even though like 
five-year-old me wasn't into it anyway. But I still remember like people being really afraid of like devil worshiper cults. Right. Which all turned out to be BS. Every corner back in the eighties, it seemed they yeah. were seventies and eighties. Well, thanks to that weird bullshit they... recovered memories crap that wasn't real. <laughs> so uh-huh. they, some, they like, took out Tom Hanks in that one movie. They did. I have watched that movie. That is <laughs> very shitty. <laughs> Do they have a riff track of that one yet? Because that one, I would really enjoy it with them. Uh, their commentary. I don't know what movie you're talking about. Is this Joe vs. the Volcano? or Mazes no, and Monsters? Is yeah, that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. It's basically oh. Tom Hanks' like, first starring role. It was called Mazes like and Monsters? Like 1980 or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's maligning uh, India. Was it some college kid that got like lost in ability tunnels or something? Um. Said they were playing like D. Really, was just <laughs> so, right. like, oh, D and D made me do it. Then why are you naked with your dick in a hot dog bun? Oh, uh, 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 I can't tell the difference between reality. Yeah, D and D. Like, okay. Um, <laughs> new T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so was that, that part, out was that part of the case? Like, <laughs> I can't recall all the real details. Okay. Some stuff like that. That wasn't an exact. That, that wasn't an exact detail. But that's what I was imagining in my head. This college kid just gets caught down there doing some stupid shit, and it's like, oh, D and D made me do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. So yes, this is what I'm going to try to remind myself reading the book. Is that probably most exorcisms are just either a mental disorder, either by the the ex- exercised or the people doing the exorcism, mm-hmm. or a convenient excuse to be like, oh, I can just say the devil made me do it. Yeah. 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 So I'll go along with this, and then afterward I'll be cool. Yeah. Some of it, too, traditionally has been like, oddly enough, people bucking... Like gender norms and roles for the society at the time too. Like, oh, this, especially back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, this woman wants to be independent, or my daughter doesn't want to marry the guy I said she has to marry. So clearly, it must be demons. <laughs> must be. Why else would she be so defiant? Let's have an exorcist in here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Modern day shit is probably much more like mental health related and kind of people projecting some of their conditions into things they've heard about or believe in. Right. Stuff like that. But there's always a little bit of a little element of doubt because, like, like, the church still has official exorcists. Not a lot, but they had to get some more starting mm-hmm. in the early 2000s because hmm. people started to believe in it more. Probably because of movies. Well, that always but they're, the they're very too. meticulous about their research. So, like, they don't take these cases on, like, willy-nilly. Yeah. So, I'm like, if, if these guys thought it was warranted enough, like, how much is just belief system and how much is, like... Who the fuck knows, you know? But yeah. there's also can be probably an element of almost like a, a weird treatment for the people involved if they truly believe in that stuff. Like going through the ritual of the exorcism, like in itself, is essentially a, a form of treatment. But yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to remember stuff too. We actually talked about this in college in one of my classes. My junior year interdisciplinary studies class was on religion and health. Hmm. So this stuff kind of came up in that too. Like, in Western culture, in like India, Sri Lanka areas, like really common. 
but people go to temples to do it, and it's shorter rituals than like ours. And like, oh, somebody's sick with this; they're possessed by a demon. So yeah. we're gonna go to the temple and go through this little ritual, and you know, make our little donations and get sprinkled with some holy water, essentially, and then we're fine to go from there. Hmm. So, oh, in, like no, maybe mental that health seems to be the thing that comes comes along with all of these things, where like the Catholic Church doesn't want you to see this. Oh yeah. Like they'll deny no, most of the time, this ever happened or whatever. Well, uh, not really. They, they, they'll tell you if you ask. <laughs> but it's fun to say that. It makes good right. headlines. Like, oh no, we won't talk about it. Like, even this church like, doesn't want you to know. It's just like, they're holding all the secrets in the Vatican archives. Well, it might take a while, but you can apply to go research there yeah. and go see it. Like, it's not like it's hidden. It's there. It's in Rome. You can go look shit up. Didn't Robert you know? Langdon destroy those, though, on accident? No. <laughs> no, not not as far as I know yet. Not any of the books I've read. Okay, but I, I haven't read like the a, uh... an airlock situation that he had to escape, so he knocked some stuff. I don't know. Oh yeah, just in that in that one little section. Okay, it was but fine, the stuff though. was okay. Okay, and the way it was, it was just like this one little chamber with some certain text. It wasn't the whole. Okay, few. Yeah, that was in. <laughs> I think that was in Angels and Demons. Yep. Yeah. If I read it, that was the one. <laughs> you didn't read Da Vinci Code? I mean, I did, but you didn't go to the Vatican in that one. That's true. So, it's one or the other. Yep. <laughs> well, anyway, let's talk a little bit more about this book, I guess. So, mm, sure. so how do you say this guy's name, anyway? William I don't know. Blatty? Blatty? Mm. I'd say Blatty. Peter Blatty. You say Blatty? Blatty. Born in... 1928, and actually died not that long ago, 2017. Oh, okay. Mm. Had a good life. Five days before his birthday, I thought. Oh. uh, Almost 90. You know, apparently he was something of a a screenplay writer, because he wrote this book and the screenplay for the movie. Oh, And then he did the screenplay for The Exorcist 3, which he just converted his follow-up book called Legion for mm. so i guess they tried oh, making a sequel and didn't go too good mm-hmm. so, like go back to formula okay <laughs> uh, you know. grew up in new york and uh you know kind of bounced around a lot like thanks to frequent evictions uh youngest of five kids and his mom was a devout catholic whose daughter of a bishop, so she could move diagonally <laughs> as many <laughs> spaces as she wanted uh that's interesting daughter of a bishop Hmm. Yeah, I how, how that, that happened? I wonder how that worked out. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe he retired, <laughs> or became clergy after she was born. That's always possible. Uh, maybe he was regretful. unusual, but possible. Yeah. Or maybe he pulled an old pope and just had a bunch of kids and said, "Oh, they're my <laughs> nephews and nieces." Oh, <laughs> that could be. Yep. Uh. He got his bachelor's in English literature from Georgetown University, which uh, I think is where part of the book takes place. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And he, he's got a lot of fondness for it. He said it was his first real home. And I even noticed Aww. in the back, he's like, his only author's notes about the book about ex- an exorcism is like, I got some of the details about Georgetown wrong. It's like I made that <laughs> part up. <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he originally wanted to be a teacher, but couldn't really get that to happen. So he was a door-to-door vacuum salesman and a beer truck driver. 
the noble okay. profession. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, a, an airline ticket agent. Cool. And he was in the Air Force and then in the U.S. Information Agency in Beirut. Oh. So it seems like... Got a boost in that career. A good way to become a writer is to be in intelligence somewhere. We yeah. learned that from our last project. Yeah. Yeah. He, before this, he had wrote a couple of comedic novels and screenplays. Mm-hmm. But this was his magnum opus, though he you know wrote more after that. Sure. Uh, and one of the books I saw in here that I'm intrigued by, uh, The Exorcist, and then Legion, and then Demons Five, Exorcist, nothing. Okay. Huh. <laughs> That's okay. Exorcist, nothing. Retro. <laughs> like it's rumored that Jaws three or whatever was supposed to be Jaws three humans zero. Like he's winning. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seems like that's the same idea. Uh huh. Mm. Anyway, he uh, remained a devout Roman Catholic his whole life, and well, was married right. four times and had seven children. <laughs> Clearly devout. Clearly devout. Married four times. And uh, even filed a canon law petition against Georgetown because they like had speakers there who were okay with abortions. Wow! Oh. How dare you? Yet divorced and married four times. No, but well, didn't abort any of those kids. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, but hey, divorce is just fine. Yeah, it's all this. It's only the rules that you want that apply to you. It's it's <laughs> fine in this spiritual system i'm part of now yeah it's cool. no problem with divorce it's, like, it's honestly the best well give it a shot and let us know because you can get presents again all those wedding presents. or get or get yours taken away through the divorce give up half of the ones you got last time and get new ones oh okay it's like trading in your car i'm sure danielle will completely support this theory so yes the book was written in uh 1971, so same year as Fear and Loathing. Mm. Oh, okay. So probably going to be exactly the same. Yep. Yeah. Lots um, of drugs. That explains it. That's what's happening. <laughs> uh, the 40th anniversary edition, which I got, apparently oh, has fancy. additional uh, material. Uh-huh. Like, he went back in uh, and put some new character in and more dialogue, so... This may be like the special oh. edition Star Wars version where <laughs> there's like I a dance we'll see number. What's different. There's a dance we'll have to go. F- <laughs> we'll have to go find the subreddit talking about the other two versions. Figure yeah. it out. Yeah. So if but I have a note, paperback version. Yeah. <laughs> if I have a note about the priest shooting first, and you're like, that didn't happen. <laughs> then you'll know. <laughs> yeah. But yes, like Sounds you said, good. this is apparently based on the story, at least, of a 1949 exorcism that he heard about while he was at Georgetown. Which... Well, that makes sense. It was the Jesuits. They yeah, did it in St. Yeah. Louis, I think, so they would have told him there. Yes. Well, apparently, what I looked up on this, the boy was from Maryland. It was a boy. Right. And they tried one there, but it didn't work out, so they took him to St. Louis at the, mm-hmm. the now no longer there Alexian Brothers Hospital, mm-hmm. which used to be over by Umsel, I guess. At that time it was, and I think they yeah. moved... Because I think there still is an election, Brothers, but I think it's in the South City now. Or mm. Maybe that was someone else. But yes. But yeah, there was a bunch of stuff up by Umsel that was Catholic back in the day. Yeah. And they got a Jesuit priest from SLU to do it. A Billiken. Mm. A Billiken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
What is a billiken? No one will ever it's know. It's like a weird little imp thing. Yeah. It's yeah. Probably directly connected. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of St. Alexius Hospital. Oh, not quite well, the same. Well, same, same-ish, not, but not, not the, same. the same place. Not quite the same. Still in St. <laughs> Louis, but... Fair enough. So, I I don't know. the I couldn't really get a beat on what kind of reception the book had, but it feels like people generally liked it, but didn't really have much fanfare until the movie came out, mm-hmm. which was two years later. Um, directed by William Friedkin, who Blatantly specifically wanted, because he wanted his movie to have the same kind of energy as The French Connection. Hmm. Which stumped me a little bit, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little. I would not have linked the two topics together. No, nope. No. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I really had no interest in the movie at all until I started listening to Mark Kermode podcast, who's a BBC film reviewer, who's really mm-hmm. good. This is like his favorite movie of all time. Interesting. He brings it up all the time. So I'm like, it's got to be okay. Right. At least okay. But I'm sure. It's the uh, first horror film that was nominated for Best Picture. Oh. And was the highest grossing R-rated horror film until it came out in 2017. And that might have been what killed him, now that I think about it. Oh. (laughs) I didn't realize that record. (laughs) I may now retire to my rewards. Pass quietly into the night. Yeah. I had no idea that record stood that long. That's crazy. That's pretty quietly, cool. Quietly thrown down a set of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Quietly. It did win, by the way, for best adapted screenplay and for sound mixing. So mm. keep oh, an eye cool. out for the sound mixing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, say that Friedkin went back and looked at the diaries of the priests involved with the original exorcism. He claims that the film depicts everything that could be verified by those present, but, I mean, come on. Right. Come on. Right. His head spun all the way around, like, all the way around. (laughs) Yes. Definitely. And I wonder how the boy would have masturbated with a crucifix, but, you know. I guess we'll see. In the the other end. (laughs) Oh, that's a valid point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the, you know, the movie had mixed critical response where a lot of people were like, this is the only scary movie I've ever liked. And everyone else being like, this is really well done bullshit. But <laughs> <laughs> the film seems to me what to received all the pearl clutching and like request to be banned. But, right. But like people would, uh, would go two or three times apparently. And they're like, this is great. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what made it a box office winner, I guess. But um, Apparently, so there seem to be a whole lot of urban legends about this being like a cursed movie and a cursed set. But I mean, you know, that just kind of happens, right? Right. Like they say, you know, fires were on set. Something like nine people from the film died shortly after the film came out. Uh, when it premiered in Rome, like some nearby crosses on churches got struck by lightning. Oh, <laughs> it's all got to uh, be linked, right? The guy who played Father Karis Car- had some random priest warning him on the street about revealing the devil's secrets and how he's going to... I don't know. Anyway. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. So again, you know, uh, 
the kind of thing that would pop up around, I guess, this kind of a movie. Just right. like a poltergeist or... Uh, right. What's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, I don't know. I'm forgetting now. So I also went and did some more research on the the Ronald... No, Roland Doe, the, the boy's exorcism this is supposed to be based on. And the Wikipedia page had a section that I'd like to review as well. Common Sense Media says you should probably be 16 or older before you watch this movie. As an aside. Is that I would, I would agree. Kids say you should be 13 or more, but adults say... <laughs> 16, 16. <laughs> the kids that went and reviewed it are like, it's pretty creepy. And I am a kid. And I am a kid. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was a kid once, too. Yeah. And I wouldn't have wanted to watch it back then. No. I wouldn't have either. Okay. So this is loaded now. So apparently in 1993, the book by Thomas Allen called The True... St- or Possessed. True Story of an Exorcism. Basically, like, this guy was just... The kid was just deeply disturbed. And there was nothing supernatural at all. Like, mm-hmm. uh, going through some of the things that they claimed about it, like this exorcism did not play, take place in Maryland. That kid never lived there. Uh, most of the commonly accepted information was just what people said and never written down. Of course, not filmed. Uh, the the when the priest that led it never even went to that kid's house. Uh, and you know, there's ample evidence they say refuting claims that the priest had a, an emotional breakdown afterward. So, mm-hmm. and you know, this part in particular is like nothing that was reliably reported in the case was beyond the abilities of a teenager to do tantrums, <laughs> trances, throwing things, uh, scratches were just the things, kinds, just the kinds of things someone of that kid's age could accomplish. Just yeah. as others have done before or since. And basically their whole thing comes down to is like depending on who you presented the case to, they'd be like, Oh, this kid is deeply mentally disturbed, or oh, this kid is definitely demonically possessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So again, this is what I'm gonna be reminding myself as I'm reading this book and uh being more afraid than someone of my age should be. <laughs> uh most likely the same for me too. Yeah. Um and then, you know, uh, the kind of things about the urban legends on the set, like apparently Friedkin had a very Kubrickian method of manipulating the actors to get like genuine reactions. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like people got hurt on the set because like he hurt them. Right. <laughs> Jerking them around and breaking oh. their tailbones and right. shooting blanks at them and being like, okay, this pea soup is going to hit you in the chest and then shooting them in the face. <laughs> oh, no. Gross out reaction. So. Yeah. So, you know, all of the spooky stuff probably chalked up to that guy being sort of an, a dick. Yep. Right. A bit of a dick. Yep. So anyway. <laughs> Anyhow. What what are your expectations, do you think, for this book? Uh, Hopefully it will be entertaining. Yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be a little creepy mm-hmm. and make me think slightly scary thoughts sometimes. Uh-huh. But... Yeah, it should do that, so that is that be par is, for the course. You could argue that's the point, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't think I've really read a horror book before, so it'll be like this. 
Yeah. Like I've done short stories and shit, but it'll be interesting, I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. So I'm kind of a uh, open open to what comes, what we get. Sure. Let's say you other Chris. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same camp there. Like uh I'm I'm expecting it to be entertaining. Like I I don't have any reason to think that it won't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of where I land too. And again, what I'm reminding myself of is that like uh, it is also supposedly a really scary book, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Interdimensional demons from space, in my mind, are scarier than like biblical demons from Maryland. So <laughs> it, should, it should be okay. Should be. It should be okay. I'm hoping it'll be okay. The uh, the really scary part is that I still haven't told Danielle this is the book we're doing, so we'll see oh. what happens. <laughs> wow. You might just get a straight up nope. We'll see what happens. Yeah. She She's... may or may not participate in our movie review. This <laughs> no, she'll participate in the review, and it'll be all about why she didn't watch it. And what she thought of you watching it. <laughs> we'll watch it in the middle of a day. Yes. There you go. And then watch Cats again. I don't know. <laughs> did you watch it? She watched it. Okay. With what Beth while they're think? away. She's, she texted me like, what, is, what even is this? Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's what terrible. I'll just tell they didn't. Until- they didn't do it well. Like, <laughs> for all the money they put into Cats, uh-huh. they just, it, it just doesn't work. They should have really just kind of made it more like the stage show. Yeah. I think it would have been much better if they hadn't tried to moveify, gussy it up. Right. And and I just got to put out there: humans dressed as cockroaches, but shrunk down to cockroach size. It's weird, weird, weird. And I'm glad they didn't leave the CG cat butts in there. That would have been even worse. So I will just tell her if she survived cats, this will be a breeze. Like right. it will. This will be there a breeze compared to that. Much yeah. less scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Jason Derulo's package cannot be as frightening <laughs> as the girl turning around back, her head backwards. <laughs> oh boy. So, yep. uh, so this is a long ass book. Yep. Is it? This is like 400 pages. And you balked at the Odyssey. Uh, <laughs> although I don't, I don't know. It's a. Um, Mine is 400 pages, I should say. So who knows well, I haven't even happens. opened mine. It, mine's probably around the same. Yeah, it seems pretty thick. Yeah. But it is nicely divided into parts. Oh, well, that's good. So there's four parts. Okay. But I don't know how many we want to tackle at once. If we do well, we the first part, that's like 90 pages. Second that's part's probably good. 120. The third is 100, and the last is just 60. So if we did one, two, three, and four, that's a little lopsided, but I don't know. I think that works. One, two, three, and four? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the first one for me is 88 pages. The beginning. Okay. Uh, that means I'll probably start reading it like tomorrow. And that means I have to go to yeah. bed by myself tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Shit. 
Yeah, we shouldn't beat any of the scary stuff by then. Probably all it, not. All of it's too scary. It's, it's <laughs> just going to be some, like, introduction. Yeah. Yep. They have to have a regular daily life to be interrupted. It looks exactly. shiny. Like, it starts out sort of like Hellraiser, where there's, like, you know, uh, they're in the Middle East finding things. Some oh, fun. That'll work artifact out. Artifact or whatever. At least they're flipping through it. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Invitations are sent. All right. Books shall be read. Cool. Notes shall be taken. Pants shall yeah. be shat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, so what else is good, you guys? So I've I've been playing uh, Yakuza Zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's you know not a recent game, no. but. Uh, it was recommended to me a long time ago, and I'm finally getting around to it. Oh. And uh, I like just one thing to sell this. Basically, uh, my main story quest the other day was uh, to find alcohol for homeless people. <laughs> nice. So, like, go around town to each of the different stores and try to find, like, the alcohol that these different homeless people want. And in the middle of all of that, mm-hmm. I was interrupted by a a dominatrix who had no uh, confidence. Oh, well. And she she wanted to ask me because I'm a tough looking dude, like uh-huh. how to do her dominatrix dominatrix <laughs> job. Yeah. So, like that's that's the kind of game this is. All right. Is, nice. uh, Altruistic. You, you you fight some people in the street, you know. Uh, and you buy alcohol for homeless people, and you help a dominatrix do her job better. Oh, okay. I I don't know <laughs> I like what else it. to say. So I'm intrigued like, to hear more. If Grand Theft Auto was about a good guy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. So it's Yakuza Zero. Is this like a prequel or a remake? It is a it is a prequel. It, okay. it takes place uh, what? what in the early '80s, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, before all of the other Yakuza games. Gotcha. And that's why I, it was it was given to me as like a good entry into the series. Actually, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to have like followed the story from all the other games right. to like get this one. Right. Nice. That's cool. 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 What say you, Chris? Uh, we watched Mulan earlier this week. Oh, how was that? Was, it was fine. A ring it was. Ring <laughs> it's, it's worth a watch. Yeah, it's pretty different from the cartoon. Yeah. So in that respect, it works much better than the live-action Lion King. Mm. Um, different elements, but still basically the same story. I liked it. I didn't know there was so much controversy surrounding it until after I watched it. Mm. But. Mainly it's because they shot it in Xinjiang province. And the main actress apparently like tweeted out support for the Hong Kong police earlier in the year. Ooh. But, you know, she's Chinese, so what can you do? <laughs> but what it was pretty good. It was, Chinese. uh... The comment was made, and I agree, it was, it's very un-Disney. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly... You don't get this vibes of a Disney, like, classic Disney experience out of it. Mm-hmm. But I thought it worked... For it in its favors, mm. not 
without cartoon characters and talking animals, it's not really a classic Disney story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it's I think it's worth people spending the money and watching it now if they really want to. Well, you do get a whole um, bunch currently... of rewards points if you happen to do the rewards. So, oh yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, I'll have to check know. into that. Now I do. <laughs> now you know. But for those who don't want to wait, I understand it comes out for freezies in December. Yep. So. November or December, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know. Otherwise, it's normal census week. They should have put Eddie Murphy in there somehow. <laughs> it would have been nice, but he would have been very out of place. Yes. In like ancient, in like ancient China here. So <laughs> just throw him in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, otherwise it's a pretty plain week. More mm. census stuff. Mm. Got some books in the mail. <gasps> so, I saw. Yeah, got the Odyssey, and then my uh, history book, my rather detailed history book of North Carolina. I ordered arrived today. Nice. I wasn't expecting it to be here till October. That was its original delivery date, mm. like mm. October fifth. I'm like, oh, so I got to like two, we three weeks ahead of time. Nice. Can't go wrong with that. And it's pretty good too. I've perused it a bit and it says what it is. It's a nice detailed small print history of North Carolina with some good some good uh picture stuff in there too. Perfect. I read the section on like the Cherokee, what happened with them, some of the lead up to the Civil War stuff. Gotta look at old things, older things next. Why not? But hmm. a decent purchase for like thirty five bucks. Yeah. Written Plus by some really there, good scholar. Well something about it. Well, that's what I figured. Yeah. I already learned some yeah. basics about the state, and I'm like, if I'm going to enjoy being here, like, I really kind of want to understand the the details beyond yeah. just the superficial stuff I know about, like Charlotte being after King George III's wife, and the county is the place she was from, Mecklenburg, Mecklenburg, stuff like that. And that's you know an hour and a half away from me. Yeah. You know, so I get to learn more about like New Bern, all that kind of stuff for the colonial period, because that's where the capital was then. And apparently, if I go there, back in the 50s, they rebuilt Governor Tryon's palace. So there's like a whole... Governor Tryon, he was the last governor... Well, the last known royal, well-known royal governor of North Carolina. Oh. Because he got famous for encouraging settlers to come settle in the mountains, but also having an issue with taxes, because the people who settled in the mountains were mostly... Scots Irish people. Yeah. So the the Protestant Scots who'd settled in Northern Ireland and then came over here and they didn't want to have anything to do with the government really. And he's like, Well, I need you to pay me lots of taxes from your little meager farms in the mountains. Yeah. Because yeah. this place is a backwater and I'm a royal governor, damn it, and I deserve a palace. <laughs> so I'm building a palace and you have to pay for it. And they said, We don't want to do that. He said, well, I'm the crown, so do it. <laughs> do and it. we had, for like 10 years, skirmishes in the mountains. Yeah. The the rebels were called the the regulators, I think. Something mm. like that. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Skirmishes with them. And I just, you know, interesting stuff like that. Neat. And uh, I, why they're called the Tar Heel State. I don't, haven't got to that yet, but I did read. <laughs> I'm very I excited think it, to learn. I think it was involved <laughs> in... Um, Boat productions on the coast or something. Because uh-huh. one of the products before the Civil War I was reading, besides tobacco that they shipped out and a few other goods, was they would process tar and pitch yeah. and make it into turpentine and kerosene. Well, 
but apparently, like, people doing that, like, I guess they're just an oily place around here. They're walking around <laughs> and doing stuff, they got tar on their heels. Of course. <laughs> you know, but I'm sure there's more oh, to it than that. It, that might actually just be it. <laughs> it might be it. And so when I was looking in the Civil War stuff, there was a, a early reconstruction thing about poster, yeah. which actually had like the shape of the silhouette of a foot with tar on the heel and some little poem about North Carolina in it. I'm yeah. like, okay. All right. Yeah. We'll take that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's neat. Oh, and it was hot here, and I wasn't very happy about that. <laughs> it was like 88 yesterday, and it was humid. So. Uh-huh. Two minutes in, out, in the outdoors and you're sweating buckets. Yep. And I was looking at some Instagrams from elsewhere and they're like, hey, look, I'm wearing a cute little sweater and jeans. I'm like, what the fuck? It's like 88 here. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it was unseasonably cool in Texas. I'll... Oh, that would have been nice. It was, but mm. then I just stayed indoors anyway, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch Lawnmower Man today or yesterday, yeah, was, whenever that was. That was yesterday. Oh, that fucker. Yep. <laughs> I want to yell at him listen son you don't know what you're doing yep. right <laughs> oh uh, so for me I listened to an audiobook on the way home from uh, from Nashville mm-hmm. called White Fragility oh and I have that as a book it was pretty interesting uh, yeah. it's the first like race relation type book I've ever well read listened to it was mm-hmm. written by a white woman Yes. And aimed squarely at white people. Yes. And if the the main interesting thing, to me at least, that I took away from it is just how hard it is for white people to talk about race relations without making it all about them. Right. Yes. And, uh, like, the to, to summarize her point very poorly, like, <laughs> basically either consciously or subconsciously, like the only thing that people have really, white people have really wanted to internalize about racism is that, you know, calling people racial slurs is bad and being directly Mm -hmm. mean at people just because of the color of their skin is bad. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing they want to address. And they've recognized that that's really bad. And anyone who does that is super bad. So, yes. So when you bring up more complicated things like, you know, uh, ghettos and uh white flight and schools being funded by local property taxes and how there's systemic racism still in the country they're like well that means bad stuff is happening and if you're saying i'm supporting that that means that i'm a bad person and so i can't stand for that and they just cut the conversation off there so unfortunately yes because her points are really good about it like i'd i'd learn about this stuff in school and i even struggle with how to like kind of talk about it with other white people yeah until I was reading her book, I'm like, oh, no, this makes sense. It's like, yeah. especially for the more conservative people I know, it's like, I can frame it. It's like, nobody's saying that you are directly racist. Right. Like, we're not saying that at all. We're just saying, hey, none of us have moved beyond that racism is me consciously making decisions about someone because, negative decisions about someone because of how they look. Right. You know? Right. We didn't get, we didn't move beyond that as a culture group. So that's what we have to deal with now. And it doesn't mean yeah. that you are a bad person as an individual, but it means we have a lot of hard work to do to undo the legacy our ancestors bequeathed us. Mm-hmm. So. Right. So, yeah, that was it was very interesting. Although uh, I probably would get the written book. Like the audiobook was fine, but the, mm-hmm. the lady who read it had that certain audiobook cadence 
Oh which yeah. Is also probably fine, but graded on me just a little bit. <laughs> kind of felt. You like can get it at Target for cheapish enough. I almost yeah. did, but I have the ebook, so I didn't. I'm like, oh, I don't need to get an actual book right now. Yeah. So. So that was good. Keep the good. ebook. Yeah. It was good. Cool. Although a little bit heavy, but interesting. And mm. the other main point that I took away from it is like, especially white people are not used to being categorized in that kind of a way, like as all white people. Yeah. And so they're like, but I don't do that. So (laughs) I'm okay. Like I'm one of the good ones then because I've never done anything bad. But that's also our white privilege and that we don't get lumped in. We don't have, we don't represent. Yeah. We get to be, as I learned at school, we get to be average Joe individuals. Right. We are, nobody we are judges us humans. based on our skin. Everyone yeah, exactly. We are default <laughs> right. in our system. Vanilla. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Right. So that was interesting, although a bit heavy. The other mm-hmm. thing that I've been taking some joy out of this week is I got the complete Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, nice. And uh, I've, of course, read all of them before, but uh, Levi picked them up and was reading them too. And oh, really enjoying yeah. them. I'm like, good. Thank you. Yeah, good. <laughs> One thing that you should definitely appreciate that he actually does. But <laughs> nice. Coming out like, Dad, you probably don't remember it, but this was this one comic where Calvin does, I know exactly what you're talking about. This is the punchline, <laughs> and it's amazing. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it's like, I like how he had, gives his dad poll numbers to be like, oh, Dad, you're slipping in the polls. <laughs> I like that. You probably don't remember this, but... Son, you must like, not know I'm not about that me. old. You must not know about me, but... <laughs> But yeah, going back and reading through them, like I know, I remember reading them as a kid and feeling like I identified with Calvin, mm-hmm. and I still do, but also with his dad now too, mm. who just wants to be like, let's just do something quiet and alone outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm about halfway through there, but it's big, and the pages are big, and the way it should be. Yeah. Sure. So, nice. Good. Anyway, that's all I got, gents. Mm. Okay. So we'll read some book. We'll read the first part, and then we'll mm-hmm. reconvene and talk about the devil during Ooh. Rosh Hashanah days. <laughs> Ironically. Yep. Yep. It'll be a new year, so there we go. There you go. We'll start Fifty-seven the eighty-one. Right with the we devil. will. <laughs> a concept that's not really part of Judaism, so perfect. Yeah. You're exempt. <laughs> yeah, that I am. Those of us who went to a Catholic school or did PSR. <laughs> fear you for should your have switched, soul. You should have switched tracks like I did, then you'd be exempt too. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. I think you guys switched tracks in a different way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> completely. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, that was our session for today. A reminder, if you're planning to read along, the first assignment is to read through part one, the beginning, before we next meet. Fair warning though, due to my poor planning and the timing of when I can post these episodes, the next one will either be live this Friday or this Monday, which doesn't give you a whole lot of reading time. But the first section does go by pretty fast, and I mean, it's a podcast. You can listen whenever you're ready. You aren't beholden to my schedule. As is the custom, let's close things out with some on-second thoughts. Soccer dads. Okay, I get it. You want what's best for your kids, don't we all? And you want them to do their best too. 
It's hard to put your own competitive nature aside, even if you're just watching, let's say, spring training baseball. Just let's keep in mind what's at stake when your nine-year-old doesn't get a penalty kick or whatever during his rec game. Your kid is getting valuable experience either way, win or lose, and maybe even more so when they take a hard-fought loss. But they are looking to you to see how they should act, defeated and angry, or maybe disappointed but excited for the next time. Also, we can all hear you. All of us on the sidelines, all of the high school referees, probably even the kids on the bench across the way. So again, let's remember the example we're setting, okay? All right, soapbox time over. Today's episode was based on actual events that were reported in or around St. Louis by Chris Chris Ham. Chris, other Chris Jacobson, was edited by me, Travis Rowe, and was sponsored by no one in particular. Until next time, keep fucking reading. Watching uh, some legends, DC Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, so is that with the uh, Booster Gold or no? No. <laughs> <sighs> That's the only future good. DC guy I know. Booster Gold. No, they're doing a a team of people against Vandal Savage. Randy so. Savage. Vandal Savage. <laughs> <laughs> the Macho Man. Well, Matt says man. in the comic books he's like a Neanderthal who's a lot immortal, oh, but no. in the show he's from ancient. Still right. old, but not quite as old. Not and he quite. ends up uh, taking over the world in the future oh. to like kill most of humanity and turn the Earth back into a paradise. Hmm. So you know, light fair. <laughs> yeah. Does it have any crossover with Crow? He was a Crow Magnon. No. <laughs> it does not. He invented stuff. Yep. Thanks. And we only know about him thanks to his then was that mammoth's name Phil? Oh god, I can't remember. You're going back from many memories now, <laughs> many years. Something like I used that. to watch that show. Fell into an iceberg. I, I think only it was remember Phil. The theme song. <laughs> it's like his big deep threes. Yep.